0: Welcome to the Early Years Voice. This podcast is dedicated to everything early years education, for practitioners, but also anyone who cares about the informative years. Each podcast will give you the practical ideas, top tips and most important aspects from our guest speakers. I'm Susie Chamcheng, a specialist tutor for trainee early years teachers, and I'm joined by Phil Manley Communication Manager for EQ Teacher Training.
1: Thanks Susie and hello everybody, thank you for joining us.
0: So I'm very very excited today to not only meet one of my um, heroes in the early year sector, I'm going to just give you that title today Greg, I've got Greg Bottrell who's a childhood advocate and author of some excellent books. It's really great to have you here today Greg.
2: Ah, oh, it's lovely to to be here. Thank you, Susie, and uh, thank you, Phil, for recording It's Um, yeah, yeah, it's um definitely about child childhood advocacy. That's what I'm all about. So, uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me on and uh, wanting to share some time with me. Thanks for joining us, Greg, and welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, so today uh, we could start off with you know the big one, which is play. I know that that's a big part of what you write about, um, you know, and the importance of it and the benefits of it. And just all of it, really. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around it.
2: Play is a, it's a very misunderstood word, I feel, mm. and it gets a lot of discussion and debate around it. My my thing is, is as I, I kind of talk very much about play being the DNA of childhood. Play is, <clears throat> it's an urge. You can't take it out of us. You can't take it out of children. We have to embrace. It's something to embrace. It's a force. It's like a life force that we have. We want to play. We want because play is about. Invention, exploration, uh, discovery, ultimately the formation of who you are. That's what I. That's what I believe. I, again, if you know my work, you'll know that I actually believe play is actually goes even further than the DNA of who we are. It's actually our soul. It's it's. I talk a mm-hmm. lot about the soul, um, and play is is ultimately our way of understanding the world and 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 who we are, um, and that's why it's so critical that children have abundant opportunities to explore and invent and discover create those connections with one another so I, t- I try as best as I can in my narratives I try to kind of tease apart what play is and then offer that out yeah offer that out it's about invention invention's a big one and I feel yeah. when you do that you're giving you're giving more opportunity to understand what's happening when children play. Yeah, I, absolutely.
0: I, I, I was wondering if there was like a, a sort of lightning moment for it, was there a light bulb moment for you where you were working in, the, I know you were working in the earlier sector, mm. and did you suddenly just think, oh, I need to, I need to tell people, I need to get this out there. Was that there a moment for you?
2: Well, it's, I think it was like a succession of things. I mean, I, I've just posted about it on Facebook today. Um, I was very lucky to grow up around my grandmother, as we called her Granzy, who uh, was one actually one of the first women to go to university to train to be a, a, a you know a graduate teacher. Um, and she was very influential in my early years, as was my own mum, uh, who took me and my brother to the library a lot. Um, and so both her and my Granzy opened up the imagined world to us really powerfully. And again, that's something that I'm hugely Uh, hugely passionate about this idea of the imagined world so that's that's kind of I think they kind of sort of sowed the seeds and then um, I was fortunate enough to go to Reggio Emilia for 10 days to an international study thing I used to work for a scrap store in Gloucestershire and um, we managed to get some funding to go out there that was just extraordinary just to be able to see what can happen when children are given autonomy but Mm -hmm. are also in the companionship of adults who care about that autonomy but also want to share their own wisdom with them and yeah it's almost like exploring together rather than the adult coming with here's the lesson the the child has got a lesson equally so for those of you that may be not familiar with reggio amelia would be worth looking at the the poem 100 languages of children which i'm sure you're both very familiar with but you're, you're yeah your, your students may not be I don't know but um, by Loris Malaguti and I found I just read that literally line by line and paused at the end of each line and said to myself is that what I believe is that what I believe about children and I yeah. found myself saying yes and it kind of sort of coincided with my daughter the birth of my daughter and that was a transformational moment as well because I began to see how she was seeing the world um and that's that's kind so those things kind of were the influences that when I went into education I kind of took with me and I when I was I used to be in key stage two I started my journey in key stage two okay. and then I was moved to early years and um I just realized after about four weeks I was just wasting my time trying to get children to do stuff and on one particular day, which I wrote about and kind of go and play now I just put everything down and saw that the children were making this huge golf course and i just played with them and what happened was the mark making and mathematics and language just exploded in the room and i just thought this is why am i just hearing this word can i go and play now all the time and that's what led to the writing of the book because i discovered this world and it was a world of childhood and it's the most magical magical world you can ever live in
1: yeah,
0: I, I hear you on that, Greg, and I think that's wonderful. That's great to hear that. I know when Anna, um, we were just talking about Anna Upgraver when she came in for our training and she was talking about having a, 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 no, a no observation day. So there's just no, you're not observing the children as practitioners. You know, you're just connecting, you're just playing, you're just being there with them. And I know personally those days, I loved those days in school. You know, those were so much more. Like you said, you got language, you got writing, you got everything going on, and just listening to what the conversation and the the magic yeah, that goes on. Yeah.
2: It's And wonderful. that's what children want. That's what they want, mm. and they want. <clears throat> so, you know, my my pedagogy is all around to what I call, <clears throat> excuse me, co-play, which I define as yes, the adult is the play. The adult needs to play as much as the children. Often Mm -hmm. the educational narratives are around how how good play is for children. Well, actually, no, it's it's good for children, but it's also essential for the adults who are in companionship with those children in that room. So I put the adult in to the day. So, for example, when I'm, in inverted commas, setting up in the morning, I'm equally thinking, what am I going to play with? What am I going to show the children? what am I going to, almost like the objects in the room, how am I going to bring them to life in front of the children so that they know, not that I'm teaching them, but I am, but more I'm opening up this world, an infinite world of possibilities. And that was kind of my pedagogy from, you know, yeah, I still did, you know, I did phonics and, you know, I did some kind of, I did a little bit of group work now and again, but on the whole, It was this idea of time together.
0: I like that.
2: Time together. And Mm. and it it revolutionised everything. Because it was just, I don't know, all the adults, we began to see that actually there was a little me inside of ourselves. (laughs) And, you know, so when I did phonics, I was Mr. Bottrell. Yeah, because here's the lesson. But the moment I left that carpet, I just unlocked little Greg and Mr. Bottrell disappeared. And it was just little Greg. Yeah. The children knew I was going to loon around outside and, climb on stuff and but also at the same time I was going to sing nonsense poems and you know I would show them the massive joy this is what I believe in you have to show children as I, I believe our role is to show children the massive joy of being alive and they will show mm. it they will show it equally so it's what I call transference mm-hmm. I'm no longer teaching it's transference it's transference it's not delivery I don't have a lesson for you I have this my soul it's just a bit hippie, by the way. If it is, to forgive me, but it's is okay. What I, I, I
0: love hippie. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Thailand for over 20 well, years, go. so yeah. I'm good with
2: that. <laughs> but part of all of this is like the influences have all been like cinematography and poetry and and you know um philosophy and, and you know, Carl Jung and all the stuff that actually lies outside of education, mm-hmm. which I I personally believe needs to come into education. See what I mean? So it's kind of like, who am I? That's ultimately what play is asking us. Who are you? Yeah. And what are you? What are you bringing to this kingdom of play, which is a kingdom I I, I greatly believe in. There is a kingdom of play, and who are you?
0: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I like that you just said as well when you're talking about setups in the morning, because obviously that's quite a practical way of thinking about it. And a lot of our trainees, you know, ask these questions of how how can I do that? But how? And I think by saying to yourself, okay, what do I want to what do I enjoy playing with? Um, yep. I love Lego. So I'd always have Lego out because I knew that I could always connect with those, those, those quieter, you know, EAL boys that would love the Lego. And I'd sit with them yep. and I would make all sorts of things. I knew they were into planes. So it's like making control towers. I used to make yep. for them. And so it, that i didn't realize that at the time but actually now you've you've sort of made that into sense for me oh okay so if you're picking things because we talk about enhancements don't we of continuous provision? but if those enhancements are actually just leading on and stuff that you want to because i know that i mean obviously as early as practitioners we love play we find play probably quite natural we can get on the ground we can you know do all sorts of stuff But i know there are adults that really struggle with that and getting into that world and maybe even some practitioners as well i don't know do you have any advice for them apart from setting up things that they would like to play with but
2: i think it's about i mean it's a really good question I, I, my thing is it's about a habit it's about what i call the play okay. the play habit the first thing which is kind of like a psycho psychoanalysis thing or 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 psychotherapy even is is actually as an adult to play you do have to reconnect to your inner child that's what instinct is play is the instinct so when when we talk about adults who are confident in playing and what I who are these are who I call the play people if you're one of the play people you are absolutely in direct communication with your inner child because you see the world through the eyes of the inner child Mm -hmm. yeah you have not locked it away or you've not masked it it's there within you you carry it with you but there are many adults and, and unfortunately many adults who are in positions of leadership who have locked that child away and have forgotten, and they will not make themselves vulnerable to go and play. They don't they've lost the understanding of play. and for for me, it's a deep I, I actually have compassion for them. because yeah. for me, play is how you live. Play is the real way to live. It's adventure. Mm-hmm. It's magic. It's transformational. But to not have that in your life, I, I have deep, deep compassion for them. Mm-hmm. So I bring my compassion. And what I'm trying to do is, um, is I want to show people that really to play, you have to make yourself vulnerable because, because right. you don't know what's going to happen. When children play, let's say, you know, let's say I put out some building blocks in a construction area. So I've just literally just got blocks. They're just for the children to play. I, in that moment, have no idea what the children are going to do. None whatsoever. I don't know what they're going to. I know they're going to build, but I don't know what they're going to build. So I have no intention around what they're going to build. And that can absolutely freak adults out because they're it's about most adults are about control, especially in education, control, compliance. There's an outcome I need to understand. Whereas what the play people know and what my work is about is saying you have to make yourself vulnerable to come in and not understand and be curious to find out so we often talk about children being curious well actually it's not the children yeah we know that we know they want to be the children are curious naturally we, we don't need to have that narrative what we need to have the narrative is adults to be curious right because if you're not if you're not curious about what children are going to do how will you ever learn from them you can't so mm-hmm. a lot of my stuff is about unlocking unlocking this inner child to want to go and play and if for any reason that you have had a damaged childhood that we mustn't pass that damage on to the children that we work with
1: what is
2: like yeah. trans, just transference thing mm-hmm. what am i transferring so that's where i created um like a little toolkit which if you'd like me to i'll be happy to share with you and it might support your students those who maybe want to learn more about how to play but also those who are confident if that's something that you would like me to to share with you
0: yeah i mean uh, you know i think that they you know they're always keen to find practical uh ways that they can bring you know different elements into their settings and their practice
1: hi this is phil at eq and you're listening to the early years voice podcast with my colleague susie Chemcheg. this is just a quick reminder that susie and our guests today are discussing theory and practice that is included on EQ's Early Years Teacher Training programme. This is a 12-month employment-based route to gaining EYTS or Early Years Teacher status. It's a part-time course, it's 100% online, fully DFE funded and is very much flexible around the demands of working in an Early Years setting. If you'd like to learn more about training towards your EYTS qualification, visit dot co.uk where you can learn more and get in touch with us thank you and now i'll let you get back to the conversation
2: so so okay so so it's basically called the five steps of the co-play habit that's what it's called the five steps so the step number one is all about using a narrative of adventure so i'm massively into using the word adventure in my narratives with children so i invite them to come on an adventure i ask them what adventure they're going to go on because I want to give them the sense of life as an adventure. So with that, when it's, say, carpet time, carpet time's finished, I just say to the children, I wonder what adventure you will go on today. They don't need to tell me. Just, I'm just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Then I tell them, this is step one, I tell them what adventure I'm going to go on. So I'd say to them, I'm going to go on an adventure to the water area, for example. So I'm deliberately telling them that I'm on, they're hearing that I'm on the adventure with them. That, that's really powerful like properly connecting the adult belongs with me is the companion so step two once you've told them where you're going to go step two dead easy you have to go there so you can't tell them that you're going to go to the water zone and then go to the play-doh for example yeah so it's yeah so that's dead easy to do (laughs) you you gotta go there step three is 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 where you're now going to show them the joy of who you are so you have to imagine as an adult you've got three buttons inside your head Number one is mouth. Number two is movement. Number three is mind. So number one, mouth is the button. You Imagine you press it, you open your mouth, and you chat with the children. Listen to them, sprinkle language, but just chat with them. Acquisition of language, absolutely, for young children, relies on the pitter-patter of words and language, expression, Yet yeah, your face as you're talking, all of that. Just chat with them i see lots of people unfortunately who when they're with children are saying nothing and i've got this great my thing is no time wasted chat with them just and again within the bounds of reason you can chat about almost anything with children it's just them hearing you talk and yeah them having opportunity to chat so that's number one mouth the second one the movement one is the button you press to remind yourself to move with the children on an adventure the children do not want a to play tourist they want you that chill. I what about co-playing is children want your company. Because mm-hmm. If they don't want your company, why are you there? They want you in their play. On the whole, they want you to play with them. I would argue on the whole, that's what they want. And then so with that, I'm gonna now move with them. So if they're on the bikes, I'm gonna get on a bike. Okay. If they've made an obstacle course, I'm gonna get on the obstacle course. If there's play-doh, I'm picking up the play If they're in the water zone, I'm getting the water. I'm getting the guttering. I'm pouring it down. I'm see what I'm going with that. Yeah, I if, do. I'm, if, I, yeah if I'm doing an intervention, for example, in inverted commas, I know I've got an intervention where children are squeezing a tennis ball to feed it with buttons. I've got a tennis ball and I'm doing it rather than just stand, just sitting there watching them do it. I'm an active participant in the play, feeling the joy of squeezing the tennis ball and commenting on about, you know, it's hurting my hand or, you know, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The next button is the mind button. And that's where I'm just going to unlock my mind and show children the massive joy of the mathematics that live around us. Because as we know, math does not belong to math schemes. It's in the world. So I'm just going to show children where the maths is all around them. I'm going to count backwards from 10 as I pour the water. If I Mm -hmm. I go across the bridge, I'll count up in twos, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm liberated now to show them whatever I want to show them mathematically mark making I'm going to show them the massive joy of picking up this pen and mark making as part of our play it's what I call companionship this pen is yeah it's it's this pen is play it's companion it's not what I pick up to go and do something for the adult yeah I know Hmm. when I go across an obstacle course all I've got to do is with a bit of chalk is write on that plank a word or something make a mark and say to them whatever you do do not tread on that whatever mark Let's say it's a letter on that letter. Otherwise, the big bad wolf is coming. The children will be all over that because I've now written something maybe that I know that they're struggling with within phonics. They'll want to tread on it. And of course, for the big bad wolf to come, you need to know what the letter is. And so what I'm doing is I'm just bringing this world to light for
1: them. Mm
2: -hmm. Actually, maths is play and mark making is play. And you can imagine a world beyond this one. And to me, that's really important. Politically, it's a really important concept that you can imagine the world being better and different. And I believe that's something that we should share with young children. But also just, yeah, it's the delight of being able to imagine. So they're the three buttons. And within the bounds of reason, everybody in my team should be pressing one, two or three of those buttons anytime we're playing with the children obviously there will be moments when you don't because you just want to watch what the children are doing but on the whole on the whole they're the three buttons we bring in and we're going to play with the children and that's why you sort of say something about your adventure because you know most children will want to go on the adventure with you the fourth button is spiraling so spiraling is where let's say you you me and phil are playing and you find a spider under a water tray and you say Mm -hmm. uh, you'd call me greg by the way because i'm not massively into mr bottrell uh, okay. with children it's just Greg because I want the yeah, companionship. yeah yeah I'm just Greg. Yeah so you're okay. gonna you say, you say Greg I've just found which by the way that's something to think about for your students which is which creates the companionship is it Mr. or Mrs or Miss or is it mm-hmm. your first name? I believe it's your first name. Mm-hmm. Um, so they say Greg, I've found a big spider and I'd say to you, you're right Susie, look it's enormous. So now I've given you the word enormous to spiral it I'm now gonna tell Phil Hey, Phil, look what we've just found. Look, Susie just found a really enormous spider. Now the word enormous has gone to Phil. That's two of you. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send both of you around the room or outside. Go and tell everyone what we found. Vroom. And now the word enormous has gone round the room because it will do. Children are messages and tiny teachers. Or I'll just stand up and go, guys, come and check this out. Look what Susie and Phil have found. Whoever cares will come over. Bang. Now the word enormous has gone around the room. You can do it with anything, thinking, mark making, yeah. stuff that they make, inventions. It just goes round the room, and energy. And the last one, number five, is what I call story which is where you tell the story of what's happened. That's where you might take a photograph of it or you write it down, whatever. You're kind of your inadvertent commas, your observation. Um, mm-hmm. But you do that right at the end. That's the point you pick the, the, the iPad up. You don't have it in your hand in moments one, two, three, and four. You only yeah. pick it up at the end. And then once you've done that, it goes full circle. And you say to the children, Right, see you later, guys. I'm going for an adventure on the bikes now. Bye. And off you go. The moment you've got there, you've got the buttons. You press the three buttons, spiral it out. Story. See you later, guys. I'm going on an adventure to the play now. Bye. Zoom. So you're now, you're no longer a play tourist. You're actually deeply embedded within the play. You are the play. That's what it's trying to, to show adults. And when you do this, it's transformational, not just for the children, but for the adult. Because who's there really is your little me. Your little me is on the bike.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and it yeah. can be a really powerful way of working with children. And the idea about it being a habit is you say to each other at the end of the day, "How much did we do of each thing? Tomorrow, one percent more. Every day, just one percent more. And in a hundred days, everything has changed.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of forming habits around play. Especially actually mean, even for parents as well. That could absolutely. be something for for parents, even busy ones, you know, that are working all the time that come in and even yeah. if you've got that, you know, the special 10 minutes of time that you can just completely don't, you know, give to your child and you're co-playing and there's nothing else, no phones, no disturbing. You have got me. What do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? What do you like? You just said, let's go on an adventure. I
1: love, I love adventure. Yeah, I want Um, to go and test it. I think as a parent with my daughter, it sounds sounds
2: great. (laughs) It's 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 super, I mean again, part of it is it's and that's kind of the window into my brain. Wherever I go into any setting or school, that's what I do. Because I, I know that children want time together with adults. That's they what do. they want. You know, if, if you've got your own children, uh, you know, my kids are, my, you know, my kids are old now, 21 and 18. And I even I know even now I could buy them the whole world. Not that I can afford to, but I could buy them anything. But it means nothing if I don't spend time with them, even at this age. If I don't, if I don't make time for them, what, it's meaningless because we're programmed. This is what play is about. Play is about social connections, companionship, yeah. discovery, but not just me everybody it's like you know we're forming some kind of alliance and we're going to go on this odyssey every day some kind of odyssey that we're going on it's like you know i'm massively into the word questing with children yeah every day is a quest so my children didn't come to school they came on a quest every day was just an adventure waiting for them and they knew they knew that's those five things that's what i was going to do all my staff so what we try to do is just. Because if you're not confident, because it's not about ability to play, it's confidence. It means you've got structure to look at and go, okay, I need to do more of chat, or you know, more of mouth. So tomorrow I'm going to do one percent more of it.
0: So what would you say to those? Um, I know one of our trainees asked us a question to ask you. Um, yes. So it's a question from Debbie. And she said, what do you do when you've got, when you're challenged in settings by perhaps managers or owners or or whoever it may be that just doesn't see the value in play? Or even parents, you know, that you come up against those, you know, brick walls around play. What, what can you do? How, what can we advise them?
2: I think part of it is just trying to show them to show them the magic of there's two things I, I i greatly believe in the magic of children that's what i believe in so the idea is to show to show show these people who ultimately going back to what i talked about have just locked the inner child away so the first thing we have to do is bring compassion i used to get very angry with people like that but i no longer do i just come with compassion now and it's like you you it's a there's there's something in you that's an, that is diminishing you to be able to see this is blocking you. And I, f- I have, pit- you know, actually, I have pity for you. I have compassion. There's two things. Number one, I don't really talk about play. I use a narrative of childhood. So what it can do is say to ourselves, so if, if we believe in childhood, if we believe that children need to have a childhood, what does it need? What does childhood actually need to, to be? And the second question is, when does it end? So at what age does childhood end? So it's going to be a very brave person to say it ends at the age of five. Mm. Yeah, you you are putting yourself on because it doesn't. It doesn't end. Even if you believe it ends at 11 when they go to secondary school, which it doesn't. What are you doing now about childhood at the age of three? What are you doing about that? So I often then bring it back to the schemas. Yeah and talk about, this is not just some kind of observational tool that we've got here. This is absolutely what childhood wants to do. So where is it? Where is it in our setting? Do you believe right. that children, do you believe that childhood needs this? And are you going to make a commitment to it? And I know this sounds quite cantankerous to say it, but this is the, this is the narratives that I believe we need to say. What is it? I, I'm a childhood advocate. I I know that childhood needs, this is why we play. So to parents, it's saying, Do you want your child to have a childhood? Mm. And it's going to be a very brave parent to say, no, I don't want. That would be almost absurd to say you don't want to have a childhood. So, okay. so now we're going to give them a childhood and what does it want? So. If you'd like me to, I'm quite happy just to share a, a very simple toolkit that you can use if you want me to. I'm just conscious of I've given you one toolkit. Would you would you like another one that could be powerful? I am I mean I'm quite
0: I'm quite happy with your toolkits. So <laughs> you always make them very easy to remember <laughs> as well with the well, this initials one, and the letters. So I'm sure. here for the toolkits and I okay. know that our trainees will be. So
2: okay. So so this this is but this is about these these conversations. And I will need to look it up because there's 10 things and I can never remember them. So it's it's called the magic mirror. The magic nice. mirror is really powerful. So the idea is the magic mirror is held up not to the children, but to you. And it states there's 10 things. This is what childhood wants. I'll just go through them. Number one is choice. Two is creativity. Collaboration. Communication. Curiosity. Core, which is movement. Confidence connection, continuation, which is essentially progress. It wants to get more, yeah, better at stuff. And the last one is commitment. It wants these from us. So this is what we need to give to children. So there's 10 things. So the magic mirror at the end of the day is held up to us and it says, so what have you given children? What have you added to childhood today? If you've only added two of those, you have just single-handedly eroded childhood because you've denied it what it wants and what it needs. If I score eight out of ten, the magic mirror held up to me is saying, Yep, yeah, you've added to childhood. Tomorrow, do it more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the idea of the magic mirror is to look at it and go, okay, this is what I believe childhood wants. What do you believe childhood wants? You've now got a toolkit. And it's not, and it's about showing people that it's not about just shoving phonics down children's throats. Mm. That's that's not the pathway of joy. It is not the pathway of childhood. Notice how continuation here is about progress. It's still in there. Play is not disconnected from progress whatsoever. It really isn't. I've got a lesson for children. I'm going to show you phonics. Now let's go on the adventure and within it. I'm going to stitch that phonics within, you know what we're talking about and da da da. But the magic mirror can can be really powerful and there are several schools now who have taken it all the way to year six. So that year six children are saying, well, what? Yeah, so there's even one school up in Scotland have put this in every single classroom and given it Mm -hmm. to the children. So the children at the end of the week review the teacher to tell them whether they've added to their childhood or not. Now that's got to be super powerful. It has to be, because now children know who they are and what they need. And I greatly believe that's one of the, the adult world, as I call them, the people that are not the play people. That's their that's their greatest thing that they do to cheat children is that they don't tell them how powerful they are. What they do is they tell them how powerful phonics is and how powerful the teacher is and how powerful school is. But actually, children are way more powerful, way more powerful than a school will ever be, I believe. I believe. Um, So maybe that magic mirror could be useful for people in that situation. But certainly that's what I've used.
0: There was something else in your more recent book that had come up in one of our training. And I can't, um, can't remember the trainee that had mentioned it, but you'd mentioned something about play fighting in your book. Oh, and yeah. I thought that was a really interesting point because that comes up quite a lot. What do I do? Like, do I stop them? Mm-hmm. Do I not stop them? And I think what you're saying is something that I was taught by my own mentor, um, who was fantastic. And she taught me that, you know, as long as there's agreed rules, as long as it's, you know, that the people that are involved, the children that are involved in it have a, agreed on that. That, then it's okay, um but sometimes it's hard. You know, it's hard when they're shooting each other and <laughs> running around. And so, I was interested to hear your
2: your yeah, thoughts on that. It's 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 a hard one, mm. really. Again, I, I try as best as I can not to close children's play down too quickly because I've got some kind of you know thing about it. I personally didn't close play this kind of sort of play fighting down. Okay. I very much was about play parameters. And I, I used to agree those with the children. So in my practice, I used to have what I used to call the huddle. So I would just call out huddle like that. And all the children came to me, I got on my knees, and they all came to me, and we all huddled in. And I would either use it as a way to tell them what I loved about them. So I would just say something like, Do you know what, guys, I love it when um it's off just off my head but when we go outside and some of you leave the door you know hold the door open for someone else to come through so like a sort of inadvertent commas behavior thing so I just tell them I love it when you do that and then off they go or we'd all huddle and I say do you know what guys I don't you know it's all good when we play these games but these are the three rules and I tell them what the rules were you know one would be you're only playing it with the children that want to play it yeah and I'd say to them does anybody here not understand the rules? Tell me if you don't understand the rules. So you all understand the rules, and then we'd all pinky promise. So the power of a pinky promise with young children is—I as strong. an aside, guys, it should be that should be every school's behaviour policy. But yeah, uh-huh. the pinky promise—it's yeah, so strong, it's ever, powerful. Bro- I... It is. You're making it's a pinky promise. Seriously. Yeah, it it's, it's absolutely. I was—you know imagine having like a blood, you'd have like blood brothers, and like you know, you know. So like you know, but you, you make the pinky promise. And I'd say it's very solemn. Is there anybody here who's going to break that pinky promise? Okay. Anybody. Yeah. And so it's got That's to be. Strong. It's, yeah. And it's like, because I want you to play it. So I'm giving, I'm value you. Not that you would say this, but I love you. You're, you wouldn't say that to dental children, but you're telling them without telling them that you are. There's this solemn thing of, this is what we're doing. Is, does everyone get that? I used to do it around water play. You know, like when sometimes children get a bit carried away and they chuck water over each other. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I would say, and I'd do exactly the same thing. It would be a huddle. And I'd say to them, when you start lobbing water over each other, who is it that's got to change you? It's me. So now you're stopping me from playing. And I don't want to stop playing. I'm here to play with you. Mm-hmm. Does there, is there anybody? This sounds terrible, doesn't it? It sounds really passive aggressive. <laughs> like, you know, is there anybody well, no, here? It's boundaries,
0: isn't it? It I is not it absolutely.
2: And you, you, you
0: mentioned that boundaries. And I like that. I think that's important because, you know, often people, when they think about play and they think about this freedom, and you're sort of just, For that's sure. all you do all day. But you're not. What you're doing is you're, you're, you know, you're having this this co play. But there are boundaries. So, like you say with the water, okay, everyone's getting themselves wet. So we need to reset and we need to establish that that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing is we're co playing and we're enjoying ourselves and I
2: think I
0: like
2: it and if there's a joy in throwing water let's explore that yeah let's let's take that it's a little bit like you know going back to the to the idea of the children you know children coming in and not necessarily coping with the system and all of that I still think it comes back to the schemas and the more you know about the schemas the more you see that that's the dysregulation of children so you know I have a child that used to find it very difficult to um, detach from from their mum in the morning so I learned in time just to have this big bucket of stuff, random stuff that I just tipped on the floor and they would just come in and position it. Yeah, order it all, position it all, sort it all out. Right. And you could just see the, dysregula- the regulation just coming, you know, it was all coming back down again. Yes. And before they knew it, they'd forgotten about mum and that schema had brought them back to earth, so to speak. So, and you yeah, know, again, was- I'm, I'm a real advocate of that, about if, ev- if everybody in school knows about schemas, that's your behaviour policy, not a traffic light system. And the third time you go to see the head teacher, that's not a schema.
0: (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do know what you mean. We do teach, we do, we did a training session quite early on 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 our course on schemas. Um, And uh, I, they are very, very important. And I think it's important, isn't it? Because I had the challenge that, you know, the the schema when they're transporting and then yes. you end up with the bag of or the basket <laughs> of just stuff at the end of yep. the day. And then you've got yep. to sort of figure out where it all goes. So yep. it's almost thinking, OK, <laughs> right. They need someone in this classroom. Who is it that's transporting everything or collecting everything? What do they need? OK, they need more baskets. They need more bags. Let's find yeah. them something that they can transport or a trolley yep. or something. So it's almost working with them to sort yep. to to balance to, to achieve that balance again.
2: Yep, absolutely. And and you know, it's it's just trying to celebrate them. The other thing is going back to the to the fighting play or gun play, I just go and join in. <laughs> okay. because, you know what I mean because like yeah, actually yeah. I want to play it. So what's and I say to them guys, so what we're we doing then what's the rules? Let's go. If if I knew that they needed you know I mean not needed me if they wanted me to. If they didn't want me to I'd go okay and guys that's good I'll go for an adventure somewhere else then see you later. You're all good. It's not about okay. the steamrolling into their play, but you know I'd just say can I come play? And the look on their faces when the adult, to begin with, is coming up and saying kind of, but in time, they just knew that's what was going to happen. Because I'm right. here to play. I thought I just told the children, I'm here to play, guys. Play's really powerful. When you play, it's absolutely incredible. I love it when you play. Let's go. You know, it's it's so much more other than, you know, it's like this whole adventure thing. I'm here for the adventure. So are you. Let's go. We're off. So, yeah, that's what I do.
1: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for speaking with us today, Greg. It's been really interesting and really insightful. Um, I've just, as as mentioned, I've literally just finished reading Can I Go and Play Now? And it's, you know, I'm seeing the three M's in just about everything, uh, every aspect of parenting and hoping that I can be a play person as a parent.
2: Amazing. And I think, you know, just to finish that off, it would be, that's amazing, Phil. The, the thing is, really, I think for the students, as you would anyway, is, is to be asking, do you agree? because actually this is just this is just my experience this is what i see what do you believe and are you going to advocate for that or are you just going to allow someone else to tell the story for you
0: yeah and that's what we're really trying to achieve on the course you course. know for for the EYT to be the leader to be the yeah. leader in the, in the room in the setting that goes Amazing. and says actually this needs to be transformed and let's and not changing everything overnight because we can't no. expect that but little things that are are shifting and changing and over over the short period of time that I've had my trainees on the course I've noticed these shifts and it's one it's fantastic
2: yeah it must be Um, amazing to see so thank you for being one of the play people and and creating the next generation of play people. Because Can I get a be. badge?
0: Do you have badges? <laughs>
2: you know what? There's a, there's a little bit of merch that I need to start bringing out. Oh, I play God, people There badges. we go. imagine? But yes. But thank no.
0: you so much um, for today, Greg, and for your time. I really appreciate it. And yeah, half term and everything. And Yeah, no worries. It was lovely to meet you. And yeah, thank no you for worries. being so open to just coming and having a chat. And, you know, it's really appreciated.
2: You are welcome. Thanks, playing, guys. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Keep playing, guys, won't you? Yes, absolutely. All right. God bless now.
1: Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Early Years Voice podcast with me, Phil, from EQ, and Susie Chem-Cheng, Early Years Teacher Training Lead at Equalitas. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And as mentioned earlier, if you are considering studying towards your employment-based EYTS early years teacher status do visit eyts.co.uk where you'll find lots more information about the training program funding and eligibility and everything else that you need to know so uh, hopefully you'll join us for the next podcast and uh, we'll look forward to, to speaking with you again then thank you